Hello, you're listening to Which Moving Pictures Move Us, and I'm your host, Emma Bolzner. We are continuing the theme of underrated live-action fairy tale films a little bit longer. We, in this theme, we talk about some that we remember watching as a child and some we've never seen before. Today, we'll be talking about the sequel to the popular film The Princess Diaries called The Princess Diaries 2 The Royal Engagement from 2004, starring, again, Anne Hathaway, a favorite on here, <laughs> Julie Andrews, another favorite, Hector Alessandro, and Chris Pine. And with me virtually is my good friend, Christina. Hello, I'm back. <laughs> You're back. <laughs> I need to have a different introduction for you now. <laughs> wow, thank you. <laughs> Um, so for those of you that are unfamiliar with this film or have only seen the first one and not the sequel, the movie follows Mia Thermopolis, played by Anne Hathaway, now a college graduate who has matured greatly from the first film and has taken on her royal duties of Genovia. After turning 21, she is now of age to become queen and her grandmother, Queen Clarice, will be forced to retire. Mia is nervous to govern a kingdom she didn't grow up in, but is ready to take on the task. However, there's a catch. Uh-oh. The Genovian law states, yeah, the Genovian law states that Mia can only become queen if she is married within the 30 days of turning 21. If Mia does not find an eligible prince in 4 weeks, the crown will automatically go to Genovian native Nicholas Devereux, Boo. played by Chris Pine, <laughs> along with his Is that really how you feel? No, it's not. I love him <laughs> so much. <laughs> along with his scheming uncle. Again, like another uncle that's like really evil. It's always an uncle. Will Mia be able to become queen and find true love all in a matter of days? Let the bachelor pursuit begin. So, Christina, what do we think of Gary Marshall's sequel, The Prince's Diaries 2, The Royal Engagement? I love, I just love this movie a lot. It was one of my favorite movies as a kid. I watched the DVD all the time. There's so much of this movie. My parents and I can quote, like, verbatim. <laughs> I remembered almost everything that happened in this movie. There was one scene I didn't remember, which I need to bring up later, but I remembered, like, almost everything that happened in this movie. Um so vividly like it's so seared into my brain and I just love it a lot (laughs) oh my gosh it's so good because this is our first sequel we've ever done I think on the podcast whoa that's important I mean usually for people out there that are iffy about sequels yes most of the time like 95% of the time (laughs) mama mia here we go again (laughs) sequels are like the worst ever but there's only, like, a handful I can think of that, like, you know, I like Ghostbusters too, And I really like this sequel because it's not trying to remake the original. Not that sequels really are remakes, but it's not trying to, like, take on the stuff from the, the original one. And there's, like, new characters. Um, Mia herself has grown. Not just her hair, like, is different, but, like, she herself is way more mature than in the first one. And I don't know, it's just a fun movie. It's also really long. It's like two hours, which I did not remember. Yeah, I totally, like, I was, because we were going to watch this movie, uh, me and my girlfriend, before she had work in the evening. And I was like, this movie's probably only like an hour and a half. And it was two hours. And I was Hmm. like, oh, okay. (laughs) Had Hannah seen the Princess Diaries movies before? Okay. She was also quoting the movie. Like, we all know (laughs) this is a good movie. The one I always quote is, a queen is never late, everyone is simply early. It's true. (laughs) 
It's true. I love that one. Oh my gosh, Julie Andrews in this. She's not in this as much as the original, which is like a bit sad, but she's so many good parts. Like when she's on the mattress going down the slide yes. at um, Princess Mia's bridal pa party. And she's just has so many good parts. And what's nice about this movie is we actually see Genovia. Yeah, we actually get to see uh, mostly not CGI Genovia. Some of the CGI when the plane's yeah. first coming in is a little rough. But after that, it, it looks great. <laughs> yeah, no more San Francisco. We're entirely in Genovia. Um, Mia is a college graduate, I think from, I can't remember what, I think she was studying like political science or something. Yeah, she was studying and, like international <laughs> affairs, which like, you know, makes sense. Yeah. And, uh, somehow graduated at 21, which like, what's, what can she not do? Well, I mean, like, to be fair, like, you know, technically I'll be graduating when I've like just turned 22. That's so true. it like kind of makes sense. I guess that's true. Yeah, I was like, wow, three years. But yeah, and she becomes 21. We see her at her birthday party. And, at, you know, this is also very timely because you just turned 21. I will be 21 soon. This is the first time I've watched this movie in a few years. And definitely the first time I've watched this movie while actually being 21. So that was a real trip. <laughs> it's just really weird watching a movie where the character is like the same age as you now. <laughs> It's so weird, especially, you know, like, Hannah and I have been dating for almost two and a half years, but both of us would still be, like, very freaked out at the prospect of getting married at 21. Oh and God. Mia's about to marry this guy she's known for, like, 30 days. It's like, so, not even two it's weeks. Such a, it, yeah, it's so weird. It's so, ah. <laughs> it's, like, child marriage. Yeah, well, that's what it feels like because I'm a child. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm 21. If I turn 21, though, I am assuming, and you would know because you're 21, that I will get my own, I don't want a husband, but I'll get my own sweet walk-in closet and maybe a crisp pine, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. That's all, okay. you know, part of Cute. the package deal. <laughs> <sighs> I was worried there for a second. <laughs> um, another thought I had when I just watched this from, like, after all these years, um... You know this movie is old when Prince William has hair. Oh my god, the <laughs> bit where they're looking at princes and they look at Prince William, I definitely did not clock that he was a real person as a kid because I've never really cared about the royal family. And so watching it now, I was like, oh my god, that's Prince William. <laughs> right? What happened? That's actually him. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, it's sad. Rest in peace, Prince William's hair. <laughs> um, it's kind of funny it's like the original tinder i think they came up with tinder julie andrews and anne hathaway they invented it with their powerpoints of eligible men <laughs> actually okay i have something very important that i need to talk about with this scene mm. everybody's always going on about so-and-so is the first openly gay disney character so-and-so is the first openly gay disney character um excuse me do you know who the first openly gay disney character was it was Antoine Sousson in Princess Diaries 2 in 2004, excuse you, I totally forgot that they have a whole bit that like one of the eligible bachelors in the PowerPoint has yeah. a boyfriend and they're like, yeah, rock on. And then Julie Andrews is like, oh, we should invite him all the, to all the parties. He's a really good dancer. dancer I was like, yeah. this is the gay representation we've been oh asking for. 10 years later, Disney, 15 yeah. years later, Disney, where's our Antoines? <laughs> I know, I never remembered that as a kid. 
Yeah, well, I didn't like, you know, it just went over my head. Like, I was like, oh, they like him. I don't know. But now I'm like, oh, he has a boyfriend and they're all totally chill about it, even though it's 2004. Guys, Disney, you were you're going you were going (laughs) places. What happened? Hey, you want to know something that's realistic that really happened, which is kind of interesting. Um, the, The actress that plays Lily, uh, Heather. Oh, gosh, I can't remember what her last name is. Um, oh, man, I have no idea. <laughs> Lily is um, Princess Mia's best friend, like, forever. She actually came out on set, and then Gary Marshall wanted to put her coming out of the closet in the movie. I love that, <laughs> and also, that does not surprise me. Lily is absolutely oh, no. the gay best friend. Come oh, on. Yeah. <laughs> I just love that Gary Marshall was so cool. Oh my god, that's so funny. And what this a great movie idea. is like the most like accepting of LGBT people Disney's been like ever. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, Let, I'm going to try to track back to the beginning a bit. Yes, yeah, sorry. But, this is just no, very important. That's okay. To I went me. on about Prince William and like <laughs> it's Pride Month and Antoine is the yes. representation we need. I just thought the whole like slideshow idea was such a cool idea. Just, like, how they had, like, an age, like, one of them was, like, 60, but then they'd have, like, a little (laughs) bit, like, their hobbies, and Andrews would be, like, photography, traveling. I just thought it was really cute. (laughs) It was nice. But I have to just talk about how silly the beginning is when we get, like, the kind of catch-up of everything that's been going on in Mia's life in the past, like, five years that we've missed, and I just think it's so funny that they wrap up everything in, like, two minutes, and we find out, like you know, where everyone in her life is. Her mom has a baby with her teacher, like, which is Great, so weird. good for them. And uh, Michael Moskovich is not in this one. Boo. Darn. He's off with his band. Um, and, like, Lily, I don't know if they talk about Lily in the book, but that's the only mention of the diary in the whole movie. <laughs> that's yeah, the thing with these I movies. Al- no mention of I the always diary. For- I literally always forget that this... Uh, movie is based on a book and yeah even though it's called the princess diaries I like I don't know why I never bat an eye before the fact that the diary isn't (laughs) in the movie like at all all. it's only in the first one when her dad like writes her that letter when she finds out she becomes a princess but like other than that it's not in that one either (laughs) yeah so funny oh well (laughs) um did you ever read the Meg Cabot Meg Cabot books? So, funny story. Um, in high school, I did French immersion, as you know. And in 10th grade, we had to do, like, a book report on a French novel that we read. And the teacher, like, wheeled in this cart of, like, French novels. And they were mostly, like, you know, books for, like, tweens or, like, teenagers. Yeah. Because, you know, that was, like, our French reading level at the time. Um, and I picked up this, like, random book. And I was, like, reading the description, and I was like, okay, this book, like, isn't too long. It seems kind of cute. It's about a princess. Like, yeah, I'll read it. And I started reading it, and I got, like, a chapter in, and I realized that I had picked up the French translation of the first Princess Diaries book. Oh, my gosh. And I was like, wait a second. And I don't know why my, like, stupid monkey brain in 10th grade, like, did not make the connection when I first picked up the book that it was The Princess Diaries. I think it has, like, a slightly different title in French. Like, it doesn't translate to Princess Diaries. It translates to something else. So I was like, huh, okay. And then I, like, started reading it, and I was like, wait a second. (laughs) 
hold up, this is the Princess Diaries. And so then I like got the book out of the library in English and read that and did my book report. But anyway. So you read it all. I did. And I mean, it was good. It's like, it's pretty different from the movie, um, which isn't surprising because no offense to Meg Cabot, but the book's kind of boring. Um, which I mean, to be fair, I did read it in like 10th grade when, you know, 15 year olds probably aren't like her target demographic for those books. So maybe like to little kids, it was more interesting. Okay. So (laughs) I remember like, I always watched these movies before even knowing it was a book. And then when I was in grade four or five, I remember, um, excuse me, getting the book out of the library and I just, I couldn't get through it. I just remember just being really disappointed. (laughs) Well, and it's like, it's funny because there's so many books and there are only two movies so far. And so on the one hand, you can't help but wonder like why they didn't make more movies because they had all that material to pull from. But then, you know, you kind of understand why the movies basically don't follow the plot of the books at all because the books are kind of boring. Yeah, (laughs) well, I was wondering um, with this one, because I remember if I remember correctly with the book, um... Queen Clarice is really mean to her granddaughter. <laughs> yeah, she's rude. Like in the movies, you know, it's Julie Andrews, so they make her like she's like, like she's sassy. snobby at first, but yeah, yeah. But she's never like outright mean. She's just like kind of prissy and a little sassy, and then they bond and it's fine. But in the book, she's like rude. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, I wanted to just ask. So, was this sequel? I probably should have known this. Done my homework, but was the sequel based off of one of the books? I honestly don't think so. I think that it, like, I think, again, I think it was, like, really loosely based off of one of the books, but it wasn't based off of book two. It was, like, loosely based off of a book, like, pretty, like, later down, because the books follow her, like, all through high school and all through college. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's so funny when you say, like, all these books and they never made more material. It's like the Anne of Green Gables series. There's, like, eight or nine books of those, and they only ever make the one movie book yeah there's so much more that happens in her life (laughs) yeah anyway those books are boring too if you wanted to know (laughs) i read them all (laughs) i read the graphic novel the first one which was pretty cute i like the pictures yeah the first book is really good the rest i don't recommend sorry like lovers out there that's why they never adapt past the first one they're like well that's enough um let's talk about uh, Anne Hathaway in this one, do you like her? Um, well, obviously, we all like Anne Hathaway, but do you like her as Mia more than, like, have you, let me word this differently. Do you like Mia in this role better than, like, her younger self? Ooh, yes, I do. I think that, like, this has always been, like, a thing with me that I feel like probably, like, people don't like, but I don't care. I, when there's movies and the whole premise of the movie is like a fish out of water story, I always prefer the second movie because that's when like the lore is established. Like we're no longer like as dramatically a fish out of water. Like we know what's happening in the universe. Like the rules are laid out. I'd much rather watch the character in the setting then watch them figure it out because we, the audience, like we already know how this all works. We're just waiting for you to catch up. So I think that like I prefer Mia in this movie because I like that now she is established as like knowing a lot about Genovia. She's going to be the queen. She's known she's been princess for a few years. Like I I like that, Mm -hmm. you know, she's like really in, in it now. Like this is a weird comparison, but like 
I always prefer Night at the Museum 2 to Night at the Museum 1. Both good movies. Really? Yeah, both good movies, but I prefer that in the second one, it's like, okay, like Ben Stiller is like friends with all the museum people. Like he knows how it works. He gets it. He's like, he's hanging out in the museum. Like I prefer that to watching him like run around figuring out how it works. (laughs) Personally. That's very true. (laughs) I personally just like the second movie because of Amy Adams. Oh, true. Yes. (laughs) Um, that's actually really good. I never thought of it that way, but it's true. Um, it's kind of interesting, like, how those first movies are kind of, like, giving the person, like, here's the plan. This is what you're going to do with your life. And then when that person says that or when you're assuming that, like, you know how, like, at the beginning of a movie, uh, there's always, like, that female character that even, like, in that Little Prince movie, like, the the life is all planned out, right? And then you know right away that it's not going to turn out that way. There's going to be something that occurs because life isn't just always planned out perfectly like that. And in the first one, obviously, the thing that sends it, like, all into disaster is the fact that she's a princess and she's this awkward, funny-looking, dorky girl, um, which I always liked as a kid because I could relate to being a bit dorky. (laughs) Same. (laughs) And then she becomes this, like, beautiful, you know, brunette girl, perfect straight hair, and... Obviously, in this movie, she still looks that way. But I like that they still add some of her dorkiness. Like, you know, she's still clumsy. She still kind of falls out of chairs. She still hits glasses. She still, you know, isn't just the perfect princess that you always see on screen. Yeah, I think that, like, I think that her character in the second movie, like, is just a really good balance of her, you know, more, like, quote-unquote, like, normal girl traits of, like, being kind of clumsy and being kind of awkward and, like, making mistakes, but also showing that she genuinely is very smart and kind and knows what she's doing, whereas I feel like in the first movie, they, like, as with all movies that have this sort of setup, the first movie very much hammers home that, like, oh, my God, she's so awkward. She's so weird, and it's like, okay, like, okay, we get it, but we know that by the end of this movie, she's not going to be, so, like, we can... You know, we can pick it up. And I mean, also the first movie has like my least favorite trope in movies ever, which is where the girl like lets down her hair and takes off her glasses and suddenly she goes from being quote unquote ugly to being like the prettiest woman ever. And it's like, and Hathaway is always good looking. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) She looked good in glasses. (laughs) What do you mean? And that's why I guess I always really liked Michael because he liked her when she had glasses and then not that like jerk guy that she meets on the beach. Oh, yeah. Oh, I hated oh, that guy. Hate him. Maybe that's also why I don't like the first movies because both the men kind of suck in it. Whereas in this movie, this movie has two good men in it. Yeah, that's very true. Okay. Um, I like Andrew. Andrew is the first number one bachelor that she picks. <laughs> and um, she basically, you know gets engaged to him after two dates. Yeah. And, you know, he likes photography. That's cool. He's so sweet. I like him. I would marry him. Yeah. I mean, you know. He's really nice. If you were an arranged marriage, like, you could do worse. <laughs> I like him. He's pretty I nice. Just, <laughs> while I was watching it, I was thinking, like, does he know that, like, the only reason she wants to marry him is so she can stay being, like, in the royal family and become queen? <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, I, I feel like even like when he proposes to her, there's this, you know, there's this understanding that they're both like, okay, this is like basically an arranged marriage. Um, but you know, you're nice. So like, I guess we're going to do this. 
Um, and I don't know, he's just always nice to her and he's very supportive. And I think he's sweet. Yeah, I know. And I feel like he's kind of like being arranged for this too. So I guess in the royal blood, it's all like, okay. Also, one other thing I totally picked up on that I've never heard before is when they're in court at the beginning or whatever it's called, when the guys have their wigs on, um, they like say how Nicholas, who is played by Chris Pine, is technically kind of related to Mia. Wait. <laughs> oh, yeah, they do. <laughs> I didn't clock that so until you said stuff. it just now. <laughs> normal royals. Oh, Chris Pine. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know what I would say if I was kind of related to him either. I mean, they're like more distantly related than like the Queen and Prince Philip yeah. were. So like, I guess it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> They're not second yeah. cousins. Maybe they're like third yeah, or fourth. Yeah, you know, there's more separation. <laughs> so what do you think of uh, Chris Pine in this, Christina? He's so good. I mean, like, you know, at the beginning of the movie, he is like kind of an asshole. Like he's, you know, he is playing her at the beginning of the movie and it is kind of like, okay, we get it. You're irresistible charms, whatever. You're the ladies' man. But, like, you know, he comes around, and he really does care about her, and he supports her, and he's just nice and good-looking and sweet, and I like him. Oh, my God, he's so good-looking. <laughs> he's so cute. Chris Pine is such a beautiful man. I know. I actually haven't seen recent pictures of him now, but I'm assuming he's still as beautiful. Yeah, I mean, now he's got that sort of, you know, like, kind of older, like, sexy look. He's, you know, he's aged well. Yeah, he's, he's, a he's still got that like yeah. he always has had the same face. Like I feel like for as much as Leonardo DiCaprio I don't think has aged as well as Chris Pine, oh they God. both still like have the same face as they did when they were like young and in their prime, quote unquote. So like, you know, there's something to be said for that. Except <laughs> except Leo's kind of become like a bloated baby. Yeah. <laughs> he's also got that like bad facial hair. <laughs> yeah. I totally would choose uh, Chris Pine. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, I really like him in this as the prince. Like, I mean, of course, he was probably, like, my first sexual awakening yeah. at, like, eight years old or whatever. I'm trying to think, like, who else I had, like, a big major crush on. But, like, when you're eight, it's, like, at least I was, like, very late, a late bloomer. So, to me, it was just being, like, I'd want to kiss that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I feel like I don't remember ever actively, like, necessarily having a crush on Chris Pine, but I was definitely like, Mia should definitely go for Chris Pine, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, same. Um, I probably don't think I looked at Andrew at all, because he's just, like, a normal-looking yeah, guy. I mean, like, he's still good-looking. Like, he's not a bad-looking dude. It's just, like, you know. Yeah. Chris Pine is... And I feel like also, like... And I'm, I'm sure that they did this intentionally... I think that Chris Pine feels closer to Mia's age. I don't remember how old Andrew's supposed to be. I think he's like 26, um, which isn't that much older. Yeah. But I think that he feels older. Like he kind of feels like a big brother to her in a weird sort of way. Um, just mm. in their dynamic and the yeah. way that he like looks out for her. And I don't know, just like the way they look together. I always felt like they kind of had like a an older sibling dynamic, whereas like Chris Pine feels more like age appropriate and like maturity appropriate. Like they seem more on the same level that way. Yeah, like when Andrew's like 
running to catch her scarf and they fall on the beach like it just it doesn't work (laughs) it doesn't work at all and and the chemistry obviously was different between you know Anne Hathaway and dude I don't know his name and then Anne Hathaway and Chris Pine um obviously it would have been like they picked them because they had different, you know, more passionate chemistry, obviously, with Chris Pine. And then, I mean, who wouldn't? And then, you know, a different kind of chemistry with Andrew. Um, I was shocked, though, at how fast and, like, how passionately they do kiss, like, very soon in the movie. And I was like, oh, wow, usually in these movies, like, even in Princess Diaries, the first one, they only kiss, like, at the very end. And then there's, like, there's music. So and then build <laughs> and it's like oh my god when are they gonna kiss kind of thing that they always have in these movies but with her and chris pine or i should be saying nicholas they like kiss in like the first 40 minutes like really kiss yeah they i think it's like so i did not i mean that. like you know artistically i would like to think that it's you know because like you know oh, in the first movie she was in high school and so you really got to build up to that kiss whereas like now she's 21, she's an adult. But I don't know, maybe they didn't think that hard about it. Maybe they just like wanted them to have them kiss that early. <laughs> maybe Anne Hathaway just wanted to kiss Yeah, maybe she was like, I have an idea for the script. The uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, we have to do that take five more times. <laughs> oh man, I forgot my line. Can we roll again? <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I thought that was really interesting, because usually in these kids' movies, like, I'm trying to think, like, even in Ellen Chanted, when do they kiss in that? Oh, I guess by the fire there, like, when they're in the Giants um, Yeah, but that's, like, halfway through the movie-ish. Yeah. Like, it's still, there's quite a lot of build-up to it. Yeah. Whereas with her and Kiss Chris Pine, he just, like, goes in for it. I almost <laughs> called him Kiss Pine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that could also be a name. <laughs> it's probably a nickname of his at some point, right? <laughs> okay, would you rather be with um, Prince Nicholas or Prince Charming from Into the Woods, which he's also the prince in? Oh, Prince Nicholas. Are oh, you yeah. kidding me? Prince Charming is <laughs> just awful. Making sure he's such a creep <laughs> in Into the Woods. Like, listen, obviously still good looking in Into the Woods, but... He's, like, so... He just, like, cheats on... He cheats on oh. Anna Kendrick. Like, it's nothing. God. Like, dude, you got Anna Kendrick. You can't go messing around on her after, like, one day. It's just, like, yeah. He's basically no, the he's reason awful. why... He's the reason why Emily Blunt dies in that movie as well. Yeah, Because she's, like, is. so like, he, over, like, in love. He inadvertently kills <laughs> Emily Blunt. Yeah. He's, that's unforgivable. So... Definitely, like, in this movie, Nicholas is more of, like, like the boyish prince. And then in Into the Woods, he's, like, really manly, I'd say. Like, totally in those years. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> I hope it would change. But I always liked Nicholas. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, can I quickly say, um, yeah. Hannah and I were talking about this. I, I like Anna Kendrick. I really do. But consider, can you imagine if they'd cast Anne Hathaway as Cinderella in Into the Woods if her and Chris Pine had been opposite each other again? Oh, I, would I think that. that would have been pretty great. I've <laughs> I'm never, just saying. I've, I, no offense to Anna Kendrick, but she's just kind of annoyed me always. <laughs> That's valid. I like Anna Kendrick. I still think Anne Hathaway could have been better in that role. And I think that it would have been like really fun to have her and Chris Pine opposite each other again. Oh, did she like turn, turn it down? 
Oh, no, no. Oh, I don't think she was ever even your, considered oh. for it. That was just like Hannah was like, hey, wouldn't it have been fun if like Anne Hathaway was an Into the Woods? And I was like, yeah, actually, that would have been great. Oh, that's such a, yeah, that's such a great idea, though, because she's more of um, like Emily Blunt's age as well. And it just would have, like, I really liked Emily Blunt in that role with him. I thought they had really good chemistry for the, the couple scenes that they're in. But I just didn't find it work between him and Anna Kendrick. I never, that's the one fault I have with Into the Woods. It's just yeah. ugh, Anna Kendrick and in I general. Mean, like, maybe but, yeah. that's the point. Maybe they're not supposed to have chemistry. But still, I don't know. I think Anne Hathaway would have been good. Because, you know, give her another princess role. What the hell? She also <laughs> She's good at them. is one of the few actresses that has not aged ever. <laughs> This is true. This is also true. <laughs> I love that idea. That's such a good idea. I'm also surprised that Chris Pine did another Prince role because if I remember correctly, I remember like watching an interview once and he was like always saying how he never, like this was his first film, Princess Diaries 2, and he like didn't want to do any more Prince roles. So obviously they offered him a pretty decent check. To- <laughs> was his first movie? Yes. This was his first oh, movie. Oh, I knew he was young, but I didn't realize that was his first movie. That's, wow, that's weird. I watched one interview to prepare for this just before talking, (laughs) and it was him and Anne Hathaway talking, and Anne Hathaway basically was like, she calls him Pinecone, and, (laughs) which I found really funny, and she also said how she could relate to Chris Pine because when Princess Diaries was made, that was her first film, and she felt like a fish out of the water, and now she could help him because he felt like a total fish out of water because he just graduated from Berkeley. Aww. Yeah, that's really cute, right? Wow, I also didn't know that the first Princess Diaries is Anne Hathaway's first film. That's wild yeah. to think about. Can you imagine being like 19 and your first role in the business is with Julie Andrews? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, damn. What a great first movie to be in. <laughs> yeah, wow, that's wild. Hopefully they stayed friends because apparently Gary or Gary Marshall died a couple years ago, but apparently they actually have a script for a third Princess Diaries movie and everybody's on board. Hector Elizondo, who I love, um, Julie Andrews, yes. and I don't know about Chris Pine, but Anne Hathaway is involved, but you know, he better he be. He better be. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I remember hearing about this like a while ago. And I know Hannah and I were saying while watching this movie, like, Princess Diaries 2 came out in 2004. It was 15 years ago. And we were like, it's time for a third Princess Diaries. Like, you've kept us waiting long enough. We need it. It's almost, and by the time it finally comes out, it'll be, like, 20 years. (laughs) Yeah. But I also, like, I think that it, I think that it'll, I mean, I don't know if it'll do well. I don't know if the script will be any good, but I hope it does well, and I hope that the script is good because I think that, you know, so many people have kind of Mm. grown up with Mia that it would be cool to have, you know, I don't know, a Mia in her 30s with a kid and maybe Chris Pine is the dad. That'd be pretty nice, I think. <laughs> um, and, you know, see how, like, the past, like, 10 years or whatever, however much time they decide to skip, has been for her ruling. Also, can I just say, I forgot, because I haven't watched this movie in a few years, Anne Hathaway sounds so young in this movie. When she does the opening narration, I was like, oh, my God. Like her voice? <laughs> oh. Yeah, her voice sounds so much younger than it does now. I was like, whoa. Well, she's pretty young. She's probably like 20 our age. (laughs) 
Yeah. My voice is like so young. People on here probably think I'm 12 years old. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> um, yeah, she does. Yeah, she just always has. I don't know. She's just a classy lady, as we've said. Like, I won't go into too much like Anne Hathaway love because we saved that for Ella last episode. <laughs> we did. We've, we've done, done this, this already. Um, but I'm really hoping we do more Anne Hathaway movies because she was a huge part of my childhood. And she's just she's one of those celebrities that just never had any scandals or that I know of and just like was easy going, did the interviews, did the stuff, but didn't like prostitute herself. And she just was so good. She's just, like, been, she's been a really good role model in, like, basically of all of her movies that I know of, and I feel like she's been a good role model, like, in real life, and I respect that. I hope she's yeah. doing well. <laughs> um, I want to move on quickly with um, the uncle in this movie, so I totally forgot, like, the problem in this movie when I was watching, like, I knew she had to be married, but I totally forgot that there was an uncle. And then I was just getting confused with Ellen. <laughs> and I just thought it's just like, what is with the uncles? Like I said in this movie, like the, the evil, evil uncle. uncle. Always. Yeah. Always. And he has a snake in this. It is a rubber snake, but, but he does just have like a snake. Ella. Yeah. I was, oh my, okay. I was saying to Hannah, I, I think like one of the, like, cause Overall, I think this movie's fantastic, and I think it holds up really well. But one of the, like, sillier parts of the movie is it's when, uh, later on, when Chris Pine is, like, uncle, like, when the uncle realizes that Chris Pine is, like, starting to fall in love with her, and Chris Pine yeah. is like, uncle, listen, like, I do not want to sabotage Mia anymore. Like, I just want to let her, like, do her thing and, like, be queen. Like, I, I don't want to do this anymore. And the uncle is, like... Will you just want to abandon all the hard work we've put in? And it's like, I think you've done maybe three really small scale schemes. Yeah, you really haven't put a lot of work into this. I know. Like, it's not like they murdered anyone like an Ella. Yeah, like I'm like, what do you mean all the work you put in? You spooked your horse and you like yelled at parliament and you like talk badly <laughs> about her whenever you get the chance. And that's kind of it. Yeah, did they not do anything else than, like, the parade thing? Yeah, that was it, wasn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, I guess Or not could the argue... parade, sorry, the, um, whatever, when she's riding her horse. Yeah, when she's inspecting the royal guard. And, I mean, I guess you could Thank argue you. that, like, I just watched this movie, like, two hours ago. Um, <laughs> I guess you could argue that, like, you know, I guess their whole, like, big scheme was to have her fall in love with Chris Pine. But, like, I don't know, even that, like, he didn't put a ton of effort into that, like... He kind of just talked to her a few times at the place where he was living with her. Didn't seem like he really wasted a yeah. lot of time and resources on this one. <laughs> I guess that one time he kind of was trying to get her to like him over Andrew, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah, like they're really, I don't know. I just thought it was funny because I was like, what do you mean all this time and effort? <laughs> it's been a month, um, dude. <laughs> Calm down. I I think we know who the real, like, sabotager and the, the real player is in this movie, and that is Nicholas, because in the end, he probably will become king anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so he's the real um, he, he player. He wins all around. <laughs> he wins, yeah. 
He gets the girl and he probably will become king and rule Genovia because he is a true native Genovian, but he doesn't have an accent. Okay, what is Genovia actually? Because that little girl who is actually Abigail Breslin, the one that was uh, sucking her thumb, who's like a pretty big actress. Yeah, oh my God, um, that tripped me up. I did not realize before this moment, like watching it tonight, that that was Abigail yeah. Breslin. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I love Kit Kittredge so much. Yes. I just love movie. I love it. Um, and Little Miss Sunshine. But anyway, what was I going to say? She has like a weird little kind of like Italian accent, but then someone like says bonjour, and there's all the and like, what is Genovia? Genovia like, where really is, this is just like, <laughs> they really just said, what if we take every country in the EU yeah. and made it one country? Because yeah. yeah, there's like people speaking in Italian, there's British people, there's French people, there's Scottish the random, reporter. yeah, there's the Scottish <laughs> Irish reporter, like, there's really <laughs> something for everybody in Genovia, truly. The Scottish or Irish reporter that likes to make her eggs. I will say Genovia does kind of remind me of like, you know, in Hallmark Christmas movies when they have like the prince who's from like random oh, yeah. nowhere country in Europe. Like that's exactly what Genovia is. It's like, yeah, you oh, know yeah. Genovia. It's in uh, Europe. Don't worry about where. The but, you know, too. Europe. Yeah, everything about it looks like that. It's just funny because Nicholas just has, like, an American accent. Yeah, no. <laughs> he doesn't even have a British accent. Yeah, he's like, I'm born and raised in Genovia. It's like, then why don't you speak Italian or with a British accent or French yeah. or Greek, question mark? I don't know. Yeah. Everybody's here. <laughs> they were like, ah, oh, man, it's your first role. He doesn't know how to put even on an Andrew accent Even Andrew has yet. a British accent. Where's yeah, he Andrew from? Does. Is he Genovian? I think so. I don't know, maybe he's from the region of Prince William's area. Because they don't really say England either. So no, they don't. They, they just, just say, say that. <laughs> yeah, they Prince just say William's that he's taken. in line for his own, like, throne. Yeah. It's like, where? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought that was really funny, but I won't try to try to pick on it too much. I just was watching this and I was like, Nicholas, you know, you could just be really from L.A. Yeah. he <laughs> San Francisco, just like <laughs> Mia. Aw. <laughs> Um, I was, the one thing I always question about this movie is how easily, like, uh, Julie Andrews is able to just be like, ah, I'm not queen anymore. I'm just like, isn't she sad that she's not going to be queen and that she has to retire? Yeah, she's really chill about it. <laughs> she's just like, well, it's been a fun, you know, many decades. Yes, it's time <laughs> to hang up the old hat. <laughs> I'm going to be with Joe, my security guy her and joe are (laughs) so so good i always love their relationship like in the first one too when they dance together Uh. okay again this movie i think is like obviously not perfect but overall i think it's like not only holds up pretty well but i also think it's pretty progressive for its time like they spend a lot of time with julie andrews and joe they showcase this, like, older, like, much older couple falling in love and being happy. And, like, it's really nice. You don't see that enough in movies. No, I know. You don't see, like, older relationships blossoming or relationships, like, after... Usually when a a woman in a movie becomes a widow, like, she never finds romance again. So yeah. it's really nice that that occurs. Well, and especially since, like, she never got to really have romance the first time. Like, she talks about how she married a best friend because it was an arranged marriage. But, like, 
She's finally getting that chance at love. It's this movie walked so Mamma Mia could run. It's the best movie trope is young yes. person doesn't want to get married, so old person marries their love instead on the spot. So I always forget that that happens. I don't know why, but I always forget that Joe and Queen Clarice marry. I love it. I, I don't know why so I good. forget it. <laughs> I'm also surprised why, you know, Clarice has to retire. Like, shouldn't Mia just be queen when Clarice dies like a normal royal? Yeah, I don't really get the whole... I, I don't... Yeah, I don't know. I, that wasn't totally made clear. I feel like they're a little fuzzy about some of the Genovian laws, but I mean, you know, whatever. It's a kid's movie. You don't care about yeah. bureaucracy. You care about Chris Pine and Anne Hathaway. <laughs> I mean, it's so wholesome that her bridal showers with, with a bunch of bratty little princess children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good scene, though. That slumber party is fantastic. Ah. Uh. I Raven love gets to sing with Julie Andrews in like one of the last Raven. times Julie Andrews sang on film. I know. She sings in Eloise and then that's it. Yeah. But Raven. I love how they just turn out these Disney stars and like put them in these movies once in a while. Yeah. Like they also <laughs> like never like, explain you... how Raven. Who she is. Yeah. They never explain who she is. Or how Raven and Mia are friends. It's just like, oh, get it? They're both girls and they're around the same age and they're best friends. And uh, she's here now. You guys know Raven. And they're both in Disney movies. Exactly. <laughs> I never watched um, that So Raven. I, I didn't get the channel, yeah. so I didn't really. Right. Yeah. But I um, mean, it seems what's funny. funny. <laughs> what's funny, though, is Raven actually sang one of the credit songs, which is horrible, in Ella Enchanted. So obviously they um, connected in, well, not that Anne Hathaway was singing with her, but they were connected in similar films. Oh, wow. I forgot about that. That's funny. Yeah. Don't listen to the song. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the only thing in that nice duet is that, like, Raven's totally auto-tuned, but... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Julie Andrews sounds amazing. I also think it's really funny that, like, Julie Andrews is like, oh my god, I don't know how to do this type of music. And Mia's like, just follow whatever Raven's character's name is. They only say it once, so I don't remember. But she's like, just follow Raven's lead, you'll be fine. And then Julie Andrews is the one who takes the lead. Yeah. It's like, no, Clarice, she's already Clarice. fine. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, it was so silly. I just, I love the poodle that goes down the mattress. I love the poodle in this, and I love Fat Louie. Yes. And I love his little castle that he gets to sit on. Very good. Cat. So cute. Prime film. Um, yeah. It's just, what is funny about this is I feel like her room in the first movie with the, the fire pole, and I think they live in like a, um, what do they live in? I'm having like a blank of the freaking word. Like a fire. <laughs> oh, do they live the in word. like an old fire house or something? Fire hall. Yeah. Fire hall. <laughs> and, they, um, they, and I just find that like the her bedroom has so much character. And now as like um, a princess, her suite is just like so normal and adult-like. I'm like, oh, what about your cool like upstairs attic area where you'd go hiding and things like Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. In the third movie, we'll see that she actually has like a bunch of posters up and, you know, some like oh, fairy yeah. light. She's really made it her own. <laughs> hopefully she's paintballing with the balloons and everything yes and rock climbing <laughs> um i love the side saddle idea what a great 
like thing to have. Genius. So handy. Yeah. Who could ever side saddle? As someone that rides horses, that is impossible. I cannot imagine. I have such bad balance already. Like, <laughs> I cannot imagine. And you only have one foot in the stirrup because the other foot is, like, not Just in the stirrup. Just hanging out. <laughs> oh, no, my God. No so uncomfortable, way. too. Nuh-uh. Um, can I talk about the worst scene in this movie? Yes. <laughs> okay. So I totally forgot this was a thing. And obviously my, like, stupid kid brain, like, did not connect this. Did not connect these dots. Um, but, okay. So do you remember the garden party that they have for some yes. reason? Um, I love her dress in that. Yes, oh, yeah. All the, all the outfits <laughs> are phenomenal. So good. <laughs> she looks amazing in every scene. Um, there is an opera singer. And I was like, oh, yeah, I kind of remember this. There's an opera singer, whatever. And Julie Andrews goes up on stage and she says, like, thank you to, you know, opera's latest rising star, Anna Netrebko. And I paused the movie and I screamed because Anna Netrebko has been in a butt ton of controversy in the past. Like, so in 2004, she was like, this was like basically the start of her career. Keep that in mind. That is very important. 2004 was like the start of her career. She was, you know, opera's newest rising star. She's been very famous since then, been in a lot of opera roles, but also she has done roles in blackface many times since 2004. But how, like, on stage or in film? On stage, like in the Met. Oh my God. How is that even allowed? I don't know. I wish I knew, but oh. she has done like many roles in blackface as recently as like a few years ago. So that's and how you heard of yeah, her? Yeah. So yeah. So I'd oh I'd heard of her, and so <laughs> that scene is like the only scene in that movie that aged like milk. Like oh my god, oh. I was like oh no, that's Anna Netrebko. So does she still um in the opera like in the Met? Oh, yeah. She's still with the Met because they don't care about racism. They only care about who makes the money. And she was, like, going to do another role in blackface, like, a couple years ago. And finally, somebody was like, hey, you know, it's, like, 2018. Maybe you should stop doing this. Oh, my Um, God. But, yeah. like. (laughs) But she doesn't, like, lose her job from that or anything? Nope. Ah. She's still still doing opera. I just thought that that was, like so cursed and I mean it makes sense that she'd be the one in the movie because I mean you know no offense to the Disney channel and Disney Inc or whatever but like I doubt that you know there'd be many like well-established like super famous opera stars at the time it would have been like clamoring to have a two-second cameo in the Princess Diaries too so it makes sense that they went with somebody who was like brand new to the opera scene because Anna Trebko at the time was probably like, yeah, I'll take any gig you give me. And then she did a bunch of gigs in blackface. Weird. Yeah, it was funny because I I wasn't thinking about that scene, but also in the garden party, there's this guy that sings like the end of the song, Miracles Can Happen, which is playing at the end of the first movie. Um, It's like, miracles can happen once in a while when you believe. And like he sings it in Chinese. It's literally in Chinese, and I, I was watching, and I was like, 
this person is white. <laughs> yeah, that whole concert did not age well. They went from Anna and a Trebko <laughs> to a white dude singing in Chinese. Like, oh man. <laughs> I just thought that was that made me really uncomfortable because I actually liked that song as a kid, and yeah. I would sometimes sing it. And then I did not remember that it was sung in Chinese by a white person in this movie. Why was it? Why? Why? Why Very did it cursed. have to be put in? Extremely like, why? cursed. Why couldn't the white guy sing it in English? Yeah, like you had two alternate routes to take here, which was either get the white guy to sing it in English or get a Chinese person to sing it in Chinese. Yeah. And for some reason they went with, yeah, we'll get the white guy to sing it in Chinese. That match. makes sense. <laughs> also, like no yeah. kid is going to recognize it as the song from the first movie because it's in Chinese. I didn't when exactly. I was a kid. No, I only recognized it now. <laughs> Just like a, yeah, yeah, just, yeah, that whole, like, literally, if you cut out that, like, two-minute bit of the movie, (laughs) it's aged fantastically. It's just those two minutes with the, like, garden party that really has no explanation. Yeah, there was also, like, the whole, when they were trying to recreate the whole makeover thing again with the Paolo guy. Yeah, I just kind of was like, I'm done with this. Like, he was making her look so bad with the poodle haircut and... And, like, literally that moose scene when she looks like a moose and he's like, yes, but a very cute moose. Make all the boys go moose. Uh, make, make all the boy moose go wow. I literally did that. <laughs> I literally did that. I heard that and I was like, where do I know that? And I found a video of me doing that on Dub Smash back in, like, 2013. Whoa, Dub Smash? <laughs> Dub Smash. Remember that? No, but I do now. <laughs> Oh my god. And I was like, why do I know that? Like, I was like, okay, I know that I know this movie and I can quote some things, but like, why did I know that it was like the wah? Oh my god. <laughs> I was like, god. oh no, Classic. that is going to be found one day and like put <laughs> out there. <laughs> my like 13 year old self. One day that video will resurface on the internet and it'll <laughs> yeah. be over. It'll be over. Um, no, I just thought that that was kind of a tiring scene. Like, it was going on way too long. Like, this guy knows this stuff. He he was able to tame her curls. He knows what to do with her hair. Like, it was, like, a bit unnecessary. And, like, when he kissed one of the girls he was working with, uh, the hair salonist, I was just like, well, it's making me a bit uncomfortable. Yeah, that's valid. I mean, I like that scene because I've, like, quoted that line with my parents, like, a billion <laughs> times. But, yeah, understandable. <laughs> Wow. Okay. And people who listen to this don't know this movie, they're going to be like, what the hell? <laughs> Whatever. Who listens to this and doesn't watch the movie first? I don't know. Yeah. Um, also, I wish there was more references to the whole pear thing. I love the pear popcorn. Very cool. Yes. Genovia is known for the pear tree, so everything in Genovia has like a pear scent. And it just, it wasn't done enough in this movie. I thought there could have been more instances where it was, like, done. Yeah, I I thought that was, like, such a funny, like, Genovian bit. I'm sad that they didn't play around with that more. I mean, at least they had a nod to it once, but... Yeah. And then in the awesome anthem, I love their anthem. Oh, yes. It's so good. Um, what did you think about Chris Pine riding on that, like tricycle oh it's so good it's so funny that's one of the scenes that like a lot of this movie is pretty strongly seared into my brain but like one of the scenes in particular is the scene like (laughs) the image of him riding that stupid little bike and then switching to be on the horse 
and the yeah. farmer being like, how am I supposed to herd sheep with a bike? Like, I yeah. know that scene so well. <laughs> I love how the maid, like, sneaks up on Nicholas and is just like, I have something to tell you. And she's, like, hiding behind the couch or whatever. And she's like, you know, your uncle sabotaged and, like, you know, whatever. We didn't go into it, but, like, basically the paparazzi took photos of them together, which also is pretty big for a kid's movie to have them, like, not technically sleeping together, but kind of sleeping actually together outside, which is really big for a kid's movie to have that. I also um, definitely never noticed uh, when I was a kid the fact that, like, when Mia is talking to Andrew afterward, she says to him, she's like, I promise nothing happened. And I'm like, yeah. oh, damn. <laughs> she straight like, up is like, don't worry, Andrew. We didn't have sex. <laughs> like, I did not even think, like, first of all, she's engaged. It's not really the... Like, not that they did anything wrong, but, you know, she escapes and she goes with him out at night and, you know, they're by the lake and then they fall asleep together and it's all cute. But at the same time, you're engaged. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> weird. Definitely. And like, Anyways. Yeah. So I just <laughs> wanted to weird. go back to that scene where, like, the maid is like, you know, it was your uncle that set up the paparazzi to take photos of you and Mia. And he's like, oh, I knew it. And he's just kind of like really overdramatic. And it's just like, ooh, okay. And he's like, I got to go find Mia. It's like, whoa, that's the only time now. It's like these poor, vulnerable, brainwashed nephews do not see through their uncles until somebody just says one thing and they're like, you're right. They are Everything totally, makes they sense totally deceive now. me. Yeah, yeah it's like they've totally been easy, evil my whole life. It? Why didn't you realize it on your own? Yeah. Also, I definitely like didn't know who Machiavelli was as a kid, and now I'm like, damn, they really had this guy worshiping Machiavelli, huh? Yeah. Yeah, that's why you're named after. Doesn't that doesn't doesn't he say that's why you're named after him? Yeah. Yeah. It's so weird. Oh my gosh. Um. Well. I have some fun facts before we move on to the final judgment, if you're ready. Yes. <laughs> oh, I want to just say I really like the parade scene in this. Oh, yeah. That's the other scene that's, like, seared into my brain. That started my, like, very brief Kelly Clarkson phase. That was, like, one of my favorite songs ever as a kid. It's just good. <laughs> it's a good scene. Yeah. I just love how they bring all the little kids together. And those awful it. boys. Oh. <laughs> um... So, okay, starting with the fun facts. Did you know that Whitney Houston produced both Princess Diaries and Princess Diaries 2? No, what? Yeah, I didn't know this either. Why? Like, no offense I, I don't know, she obviously to anybody, loved princess but why? After, after Cinderella, she guess she really loved princess movies. Yeah, damn. Yeah, maybe okay. she just wanted more content there for... For young girls. Fair enough, I guess. Yeah. Wow. I thought that was really interesting since we just did um, Cinderella, Rogers Hammerstein Cinderella. Yeah. Um, Weird. Yeah, I don't know why. I need to look up why she would want to be into that. But, you know, there wasn't much content for, like, like we said in the Ellen Chanted one, like, there wasn't that much content for young girls before Anne Hathaway's movies. And then there was, like, that big fad of like having you know a young woman in films for the, like from 2000 to like 2007 which was like Legally Blonde, Ella Enchanted, you know all these movies where it was like a young young woman at the heart of the story and then that kind of 
hasn't really come back again. Yeah. <laughs> Sadly. No, yeah, you're right. Well, and it's, it's like we talked about with Ella Enchanted, like there was such a big boom of women who could be like very feminine and, you know, they could be princesses and still be very powerful yeah. and very strong and very feminist. And I feel like we've been like missing out on that a little bit. Yeah, they could years. go to law school. They could go to law school. <laughs> Anne Hathaway did not want to do the sequel for Princess Diaries, but um, Gary Marshall convinced her that it wasn't going to like tamper or like step on the other one's feet of the original movie. And so she agreed. So thank goodness they didn't get like another person to be Mia because that would have been totally cursed. Oh, that would have been so bad. When Julie Andrews says a line, I've done a lot of flying in my time. Gary Marshall wrote that for like paying homage, homage to um, Mary Poppins, oh, which is really cute. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> Aww. Um, in the beginning when Princess Mia says that her ex-boyfriend Michael is touring with his band, the actor Robert Schwartzman um, was actually offered to do this movie, but he declined because he was touring with his band Rooney at the time. Oh, wait, he had and a real band? the band Rooney was the actual band in Princess Diaries, the first one. <laughs> oh, damn. That's... What? That's really funny. I think that's really funny. I wonder if they actually play the keyboard with M&Ms. Very curious now. <laughs> Who knows? I really... I'm going to be honest. I don't miss him. He does not stand out in my head from the first I don't movie know why. at all. I have to no rewatch it, but, like, I, he was, like, probably my first childhood crush in the first movie. But now I'm that very curious, just, like, to ro- watching it. Because I, I always have, like, the last scene ingrained in my memory when, like, she says, you saw me when I was invisible. And I always thought that was so cute and I wanted someone like that. So it, <laughs> it always ingrained in me. That was very cute. <laughs> um, I already said that this was Chris Pine's debut film. This movie, as I uh, said to you before talking, it actually was a $45 million, um budget. And the first film was only 26 So huge Whoa. jump there. Whoa. Um, yeah. They had so to go this, all out to make Genovia, I guess. I guess at the Burbank Studios, um, <laughs> <laughs> this movie ended up making $134 million, um, Oh, well, which that's good. Which is pretty good. Yeah. But it wasn't in theaters very long. <laughs> yeah. But that's Too okay. bad. It's fine. It lives on forever on Disney Plus as one of the best movies ever. <laughs> um, in 2012, before Gary Marshall died, Julie Andrews said that they didn't make a Princess Diaries 3 earlier because um, the second movie was a failure, which I'm a bit confused with because it obviously made a good amount of money. But I don't know why she said that. Maybe she means like reviews wise. It doesn't yeah, really have true. any good reviews, which I don't <laughs> understand because it's a good movie. But what do I know? The one thing that I like was thinking about a lot throughout this movie, because we talked about it a lot with Ella Enchanted, is, yeah, I think that this movie, you know, obviously, like, yes, her whole thing is like romance uh, in this movie more so than mm. the first one. But I do still think that, like, Mia is a very strong female character. And I do think that she's a very good role model for little girls and, you know, just for, like, kids in general. I think she's, like, a, you know, like we said earlier, she she does strike that perfect balance of 
you know, still being like, oh yeah, a normal person, TM, and you know, being sort of quirky and being kind of awkward and being like very smart and kind and good at what she does. Um, and I totally didn't clock this until I watched this movie this time, but because I, I I was watching the movie and there's that first scene in Parliament where there's like Julie Andrews and all the dudes and she's like listening in through the little window, um, and. It's all, like, old white men. Okay, they're not all old, but it's all white men in Parliament. And I was like, oh, man, look at all these men in Parliament. Like, boo, like, we hate men in Parliament. Like, where's the women? And obviously, like, that's the point, mm-hmm. is that all these men are making this decision about Mia. Um, and I was like, oh, man, like, gross. I hate this. Um, but then at the end of the movie, there's like this very brief sort of montage where yeah. they showcase, um, it's like a mid credit scene kind of, and they showcase like all the stuff that Mia's done, including like opening up the new place for the orphans. And there's like a bunch of women who are now a part of parliament. And I totally hadn't clocked that before. Mm. And I was like, damn, Mia arrived. And like very shortly after being queen was like, okay, so we're adding like way more women to parliament. And there's like women of color in there. I was like, damn. Yeah, that was so cool. And, and to further your point there, it's interesting because, you know, at the beginning of the movie, they're like saying she has to get married. And then when she has her speech, like, at the end of each movie, she always has a speech, except this time she's not soaking wet, but she (laughs) has her speech, and she says something to a point of, like, think of your um, wives, think of your daughters, think of your granddaughters, would you want to put them in this position where they're forced to marry somebody they don't love, and I just thought it interesting, because only when people started saying that to these men who have been, like, you know, either associated with men that, um, were called out because of the Me Too movement and only when they said stuff like they would always kind of make an excuse being kind of like oh my gosh if I knew that blah blah was doing that I just think of my kids my daughters right away and I think oh my gosh you know it's so awful that that happened and I think like why do they have to think about their own personal females in their lives in order for change to happen I don't know just a thought yeah no I was thinking about that too I thought that it was like it was interesting that in 2004 Mia was making this like very astute commentary on you know you wouldn't want this if it was your you know if it was a woman who you knew or who you cared about and it's like yeah we're still having those conversations today about like why why do men only care about women when they're like "Mm, actually you know what if this were my mom that would suck I love my mom it's like why why don't you just care Mm -hmm. about women anyway yeah why do you have to pretend it's your mom or your sister you know your wife or whatever and then the movement gets changed, like, right away. It's like, this movie all could have been prevented. And then they're all like, yeah, you know changed. what? She's right. I hate the patriarchy. <laughs> yeah, right. This movie could have all been prevented if Michael Moskovich didn't go away on his band. <laughs> yeah. So funny. <laughs> um, yeah, I couldn't find any more, like, big facts. Just that Roger Ebert watched this movie and included it on his most hated list. Um, well, <laughs> okay. not a very intelligent man, apparently, so also, I don't even did you know, know who that is. He's like um, a big film critic. Well, <laughs> I didn't whatever. know who he was, so clearly <laughs> he's irrelevant. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, also, this isn't a fact, but did you notice that that weird old guy that Julie Andrews talks to at 
near the end of the film at her at um, Mia's wedding. It's Stan um, Lee. Stan Lee. There's a Stan Lee cameo in this movie. It's Stan I Lee. totally never noticed that before. I was like, wait a second, yeah. what's Stan Lee doing here? Is Me Genovia either. in the MCU? Is this a Marvel movie? <laughs> I think since Anne Hathaway technically was Catwoman, even though that's DC, it could be, could work. Why was, yeah, okay. I need to, like, why was Stan Lee in this movie? I need to know. Like, but why would he have even done it, though? Yeah. Why was Stan Lee in this really movie? Weird. I don't know. It's something I'm going to look up now because I'm very confused why he, he also acted like a crazy person in it, so. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, I, like, I started typing in why was Stan Lee, and the second Google search is... The first one is, why was Stan Lee in Big Hero 6? And the second one was, why was Stan Lee in The Princess Diaries 2? Are you I'm serious? I'm so glad that everybody wants to know. Oh my gosh, what does it say now? I'm curious. Okay. Um, okay, I'm looking at a, an article called Five Stan Lee Cameos Outside of the Marvel Universe. Um, don't care about this one. Princess Diaries 2. Okay. <laughs> but why? Um, he has no connection to Anne Hathaway and Julie Andrews. He was just friends with the director, Gary Marshall. Um, oh. And apparently Marshall and Stanley were working on like some of Stanley's like non-Marvel properties. Uh, and they became buddies like while Marshall was shooting The Princess Diaries 2. And he asked him if he wanted to have, like, a cameo part in it for fun. And Stan Lee was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's so funny. Gary Marshall seemed like such a fun, like, kind person that let all these, like, newbie stars. Like, I remember watching an interview a long time ago with Mandy Moore, who was, like, um, the mean girl in Prince Diaries, but she's also the voice oh, of Rapunzel. Yeah. And how she said how, like, Gary Marshall, like, gave her her break, and she's so thankful because she, again, like, Anne Hathaway was not known for anything, and he just seems like such a nice guy, like, letting Manny Moore in, and Anne Hathaway and Chris Pine, and, like, all these, like, um, like, letting the girl Lily, you know, be herself on set, um, I doubt that Robert Schwartzman guy was in anything, maybe just did his band, but, like, it, it just seems like he let all these people play themselves at a certain age like it wasn't like Greece where they're like 40 years old playing like yeah 16 year olds <laughs> and they were all teenagers and they were wholesome and they were good people yeah and I just love it I agree <laughs> and there's like you know such good role models come out of it when they're not you know 15 playing 15 year olds and they can actually like be adults and see who yeah. they are and then go back and play I just think that's really important if you're like a little bit older yeah but not I 40. think they're like <laughs> not like Rizzo and yeah no I think that like it was very well cast and that like you know Anne Hathaway definitely seemed a little bit older than 21 but it didn't feel like she was like 35 playing a 21 year old it felt plausible yeah actually I think she was 21 in this movie well maybe she just looks so much more like put together she looks than so much I do older, right yeah because <laughs> I look at her and I'm like wow that's what I want to look like one day. <laughs> like, I'm the same age as Now, I will be when I get my walk-in closet and Chris Pine. I'm very looking forward yeah, to yeah. that in a couple months. Yeah, it'll be great. <laughs> oh, also another fact. This is the very last one. If people are very curious, this movie came out the day before my fourth birthday. Whoa, so. that's cool. 
Yeah, I'm not going to like say when that is, but if you all are very curious, you can Happy just birthday. look up when the movie came out. Yeah. I don't know why I wasn't taken to the movie theater on my yeah. birthday for my fourth. That would have been such a fun fourth birthday. It would have. I didn't have control over it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, should we move on to The Last Judgment? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, did The Princess Diaries 2, The Royal Engagement, move you or not? Oh, yeah. I just, I genuinely think it's a really fun movie. I think it has a good message. It's very wholesome. It honestly almost made me tear up a couple times, and that was definitely just because of the nostalgia factor that I, like, was remembering watching this movie so many times as a kid. But, like, it made me emotional. It made me laugh. It's genuinely a funny movie. Like, I think there's genuinely some really good comedic bits in it. Um, and yeah, it's just like well done all around. I love how a lot of the cast came back again for the sequel, which is so fun. And that Julie Andrews was like more silly in this movie and not as like at the beginning of the first film, you know, she's very uptight and then, you know, she eats a hot dog. She's doing okay. And then this movie, she's just totally a grandma. And I really like that. And I just like how... Mia has like blossomed and she's become her own person but she's still really awkward and like you said like it's a really good balance and I just I love Chris Pine so good in this (laughs) such a just great chemistry between the two of them and I like seeing Genovia I like actually like as much as I love San Francisco and where all of that is filmed is so cool but Genovia is so cool as well even though that's also filmed in LA but that's okay. <laughs> the fictional European country of Genovia is pretty cool. <laughs> I still think it's so cool that the queen marries her bodyguard. I and love that nobody it. Nobody says so anything cute. about it. It's so cute. <laughs> and yeah, it just—it's just a fun movie that you just forget about. I love like the well, the garden party. I loved without the music, as yeah. we talked about. Also, Julie but, Andrews proposes to him, which is pretty epic. Right. Yeah. It's such a modern film. It really is. Great role models in it. It's a bit sillier than the first one, but it'll put a smile on your face. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So, yes, it did move me, too. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you, Christina, for coming back. Anytime. Maybe we can do another Anne Hathaway movie again. I still have to watch The Intern, but I would like to do another one of her movies because she's so great. Oh, me too. And I want to thank you all for listening. And don't forget to click the subscribe button. And if you have any more films you'd like us to talk about or underrated fairy tale films, I think we're going to do like one or two more and then we'll be done. <laughs> but if you have any, you can email me at emmareviewsmovies at gmail.com. I'll put it in the caption. And uh, yeah, send me your suggestion. Thank you for listening. Bye.